it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store. It's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Issues from reaction for Everton, Bournemouth, with Everton into the FA Cup quarterfinals where they play Crystal Palace just outside Goodison Park now. Uh, everyone's pretty happy at the moment. As far as I can see, well, that was hard work at times for the Blues. Nowhere near the best. Pretty abysmal on the first half, but eventually able to get the job done thanks to Salomon Rondon, um, who got his first goals at Goodison. And um, yeah, nowhere near, nowhere near the tonight's Everton, but enough to beat an all-league side. Um, <laughs> mixed feelings really coming out the ground because as much as exciting to get to that close to the semi-final and you know potentially get to on the road to ending our our trophy drought, perhaps it uh, was just another reminder of the, the the paucity of options in the squad and the lack of quality that some of these lads have. So. Um, we will be doing a full post-match reaction very soon. Uh, I'll be joined by Mark Mosey uh, back in town. Uh, so, yeah, that's the come. Uh, just to try and give you the flavour of the atmosphere at Goodison again. A bit quieter than the Leeds game, as you can probably tell. Uh, but everyone's relatively pleased. And fingers crossed we can build from this going towards Spurs into those games against Newcastle and Wolves at home. And then uh, potentially FA Cup, well, an FA Cup quarterfinal potentially a trip to Wembley so let's see uh, next one's you're here will be me again back in the boozer with Mark Mosey hopefully warmer less noisy surroundings uh, so we'll speak to you again very soon yeah back in town now after that um, joined by Mark and John to chat about everything getting into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup um, Mose uh, weird weird one isn't it when you play a team that, that low down yeah. in the table it's um, 
It's hard to gauge, but, but Everton weren't good tonight. They're in the hearts. It's hard to really say, say much else, isn't it? I, I see you staring at me for talking points, <laughs> but, um, do you know, ev- Is every... Is Simon going to lead us to a pick-up no, glory? No, let's just not mention <laughs> it again. Um, but it's, it's difficult, you know. Fans at the game will look at each other and collectively nod about what we all know that these games are. Um, fans prize the game we'll look at the, the FA Cup draw and think you know what if, if we are just the name in that hat that we expect to be going down to Sellers Park in, in late March then that's all that really matters and tonight was, was never going to be emphatic um, because as much as people can say it should be uh, given the the gulf between the, the levels of the of ourselves and the opposition we're, we're quite frankly not a team we're capable at the moment of, of dispatching anyone be it a, a lowly Premier League side at home or be it someone like a boring ward and, and you know you can talk long and hard about who you think should start these games and who shouldn't start these games and the, the, the margin of victory that we expect at Everton should be just disposing of these teams by but the only real importance is that we are in that hat and you know unfortunately if, if you are going to reflect on this game from an individual point of view you've probably got more negatives than positives to look at but the reality of, of this season and this competition at the moment in my opinion is that this takes a massive step back from where we are in the league and do you know what? It, it's, it's lovely to be in the FA Cup quarter final and do you know what we, we obviously want to be in the semi-final from a from a performance and from a competition point of view, but also from a social point of view. You know, all, all, all the fans love going down to Wembley. We look, we love a day out in London, etc., etc. But the the important element of our season at the moment is is remaining in the Premier League. Um, to to focus solely on this competition, Crystal Palace away is is not in ordinary terms the most difficult draw that we could ever hope to have I think if you asked most Evertonians in August if you were one game away from Wembley and that was Crystal Palace away from home they'd absolutely bite your hand off Um, the unfortunate truth about Everton is that we fold under any form of pressure be it Manchester City or Hull City away from home Um, so we're going to have to to grow a lot in the next two or three weeks to, to make that a competitive game especially when Palace look relatively dangerous and, and Everton know that from, from recent experience but tonight tonight in isolation is a, is a very difficult game to reflect on in, in many ways purely because it, it felt massively like it was just an enormous afterthought for the whole football club and I, d- I don't know if that was because of our, our league position and because of recent off the field incidents that have surrounded the club in the week leading up to the game I, I don't know but it, it just felt as though one that we had to just close our eyes put our head down and, and just grind through and, and, and hopefully we've we've done enough not to not to attract too much criticism yeah. from from what was a full house which I thought I don't know, Matt, I, I don't know yeah, about you but surprised. I thought I was I'm massively surprised that we had such a such a big attendance there but that just shows the the importance of, of this competition to the fan base from a from an emotive point of view as well but yeah just just what, unfortunately one of those games where you just got to hold your hands up and say that that was a bit shit but we, we, <laughs> ju- we just needed to to grind it through and, and luckily we've done that yeah. Uh, John making your debut on the pod mate uh, hard game to analyse unfortunately but I mean what, what, what are your overriding thoughts after that you seem like quite a positive Evertonian so I'm actually going to be upbeat 
overriding thoughts. Be, be positive. Um, but we won. It's as simple as that. Um, it wasn't vintage, was it? Let's be honest. But, but, you know, like Mark said, it was a full stadium, which was a surprise to myself and, and a lot of Evertonians, I think. But that just shows, I think, the support behind behind Frank at the moment. You know, the league position is, is not where we want to be. As Evertonians, we know all this. We know all this. Um, it's, it's not where the club want to be. It's, it's not where Frank wants to be. It's not where anyone wants to be. But it is. Um, and I think we just put our heads down, ground out the performance, ground out the win. And Solomon, I've always said, is a bit, oh, bit of class. Short or. All the Rondon lovers crawling out the road were. Yeah. <laughs> the, the frustrating point for me yeah. is something that John just said there, and that this was. You were almost talking about it being an escape from the current situation that we're in. Yeah. And I think that's what most of us tend to go to some part tonight thinking, you know what, the situation is different, the personnel is probably going to be different. This is the point where we can all drop our shoulders a little bit and sit back and see what Nathan Patterson's got to, to offer, see what Vitaly Mikolenko's got to offer, you know, give give Anthony Gordon a little bit more of a free roll, bring someone like Townsend back in, unleash Solomon Rondon for, for whatever that may mean. <laughs> But it, it was meant to be that big collective Goodison side that we were all just going to, in, in a positive way, I mean that, in terms of just taking that big breath of relief from Premier League stress. And it, the disappointment now sitting sitting away from that. And, it, you know, I use the word disappointment like we haven't won the game. And let's, let's be honest, that was the important thing to do. But we all expected that to just be that release, didn't we? That, that, that three or four nil customary win against a... a an ultimately terrible football team that we thought this this is all just going to give us a big break and yeah. I think that's the that's the one point of angst really where you think well we've kind of been cheated out of that a little bit you could feel the angst building you couldn't you John like yeah. on, like, on, like, on like 15 minutes I think I was looking at the clock thinking like how many goals up against the non-league side should we be at this point should we be one up should it be two nil by this point and then when it, got, when it gets to 20 and you know halfway through the first half and half an hour you're thinking oh god here we go and you could feel that building couldn't you oh Charlton's disallowed goal we were talking about well let's get off early because this is, this, this is going to be four here and then obviously disallowed and we thought oh, everyone sit down calm down and then it, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, we were. I think the point is, we were always going to win. We were always going to win the game, and it was by how many. And I think, like Mark said, we always wanted to win by four or five. Would have been a nice, comfortable evening. Everyone sit back, then concentrate on the league. It wasn't that, but we won. Yeah, yeah we were saying at halftime, weren't we, about you know the one person we don't want to see tonight is Richarlison because he, he is. Unfortunately, the marker of failure tonight. If we if we see that lad, but I think collectively we're, we're probably thinking about a team. You know, we, we mentioned about the attendance in the crowd tonight and the fact that you know what if that if that's Rafael Benitez, there's probably half as many people there. But the reality of Frank Lampard's tenure is that it's been very much built around energy from us, basically, um, and. We, that, that was never going to be there tonight and I think what, what fans probably wanted a little bit more certainly from my point of view is that we know the situation we're in in the league and we know the part that us as, as fans have got to play and do you know what whether we whether we big our own importance up or not is 
irrelevant at this stage. And what I wanted tonight was for us to sit back and think, well, do you know what? It's probably not going to have the level of intensity that a Man City at home or a Leeds at home or, or any of our remaining home games are going to have and, and are going to need. But can, can the team reciprocate? Can they bring that energy to the fore when the fans kind of rely on them to do that? Yeah. And, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping back a little bit from criticising the players for not delivering that because as much as as fans we know what these games are you, you can guarantee that professional football players know exactly what these games well, represent you, you, you never come away from all these games do you against the lower league side I think oh we played really well there it's, it's always like no. it, it's always a bit of a battle it's always a bit scrappy yeah. a bit, you know there's always changes and things don't really link up that well and even if we will fall nil tonight we probably wouldn't be coming away saying the exact yeah. same thing it's never it's never as straightforward as you think it's going to be if I was if I was going to pick on anything from a technical point of view I'd say we still look a little bit I mean this, this was always going to be one of those games where Everton looked to play out from the back and you know build play from the very early stages and that starts with Asmir Begovic I think we look a little bit sluggish in that area you, you know Asmir Begovic we, we all know the reason why he's in this squad and it's to essentially fill in for nights like tonight Michael Keane is probably someone that you look tonight at thinking you're not necessarily the, the ball playing centre half which every top Premier League team requires but can you go and do that against inferior opposition Jared Branthwaite you haven't had a lot of game time at this level but can, can you come into this level and, and, and look fairly assured that, that was probably the one area of the pitch where I thought can we, can we just speed this up a couple of yeah. seconds um, it, it was yeah. summarised by Jared Branthwaite wasn't it in the second half playing a very casual pass into midfield to Boreham Woods centre midfield right midfield wherever he was he did that a lot as well tonight bobbling passes into midfield just, just yeah. really sluggish passes getting cut out and I and I accept that your, your the nature of your gameplay can fall into that mentality when you're playing against lesser opposition but it, it just needed that firework up the backside to, to make everything happen and in a way I was disappointed to see Nathan Patterson being withdrawn because you know like all those John Joe Kenny we, we, we kind of know what we're getting from that entity now and Patterson rightly or wrongly was built up before this game as being the one who everyone was kind of magnified on and we were going to learn something about and to see him withdrawn at half time for me was a disappointment Um, to see Mikalenko come off through injury was obviously a disappointment as well but I think if nothing else from these games you obviously want to progress but you also want to learn I'm sitting here an hour after the game thinking I haven't really learned anything about our players certainly not in a, in a positive manner and, and that's probably the one thing that I'll, I'll reflect on on the trudge home and thinking well this, this was essentially just a bit of a pointless experiment for Everton tonight Just picking up on that I wonder whether it's a psychological intensity that just it just wasn't there tonight like you said you know the Keane, Begovic, they, they, just, they just didn't seem to have an intensity, a, a, a will to kind of get the ball moving sharply into feet. And yeah. you look back at City and it was sharp, everyone was moving. And like you just said, as soon as Richardson come on, he has that intensity. He's, he's got that kind of almost like a, a winning mentality where his intensity is so high. Yeah. And, he, and all the players around him seem to just automatically up their game. And the, and, the, and the sharpness of their movement, the, the, the running channels better. Um, I mean, don't take it away from Rondon, you know, he was a star of the show, wasn't he? But like I said, um, but 
yeah, I just, I just, I just think there's, there's something lacking in, in the, in the, I suppose the, the lesser games. Can you yeah. call it a lesser game? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think the system helped with that. Like I think, I think when you play, when you play a back five. You've always got that extra man at the back, haven't you? And it, it, it sort of encourages stagnant possession. We can just knock it around and, you know, you have loads of the ball and, like, Key probably feels great playing in the middle of that back three, going, I'm just going to knock it right, going to knock it left, yeah. and they're sitting off, and then just take me time with all these passes, but ultimately you don't really get anywhere. It's, it's, it's just, you know, we felt like every time we got the ball, it was either out to Kenny, out to Parson, crossing cleared, or out to Brantwaite, out to Mikolenko, crossing cleared, and that was sort of, we, we hit a brick wall in, 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 that, yeah. in, that, in, that, in that first half. You know, I, think, I, think, I think one player that I did want to discuss last before we finished was, was Anthony Gordon and I thought you know, I think I said, said to, to you guys on the, on the train back like, I think he was simultaneously our best player and our worst player tonight for, for different reasons but he's you know, he, he never stops does he Mose he, he, he's sort of he's, he's gone into that position now where he looks like he feels comfortable being a regular player in this team and I, I don't know I, I still feel like he's searching for that, that big Gunnison moment you know he's he scored yeah. goals for us now but he scored two against Brighton in a defeat. He scored against uh, Leeds the other week with a goal he didn't really know about. It, it feels like he still wants that goal where he can bang one in, slide on his knees onto the ground street, you know, and soak up the adulation because he's he still not had that yet, has he? And it feels like he's searching for that still. You know, I've done at Wembley. <laughs> but, no, I, I get what you mean. I mean, I think we, we've seen enough of him now and, you know, going back a few months, we were, we were just praying for this lad to get some form of meaningful game time which obviously he's, he's managed to get at this stage technically I think as a footballer we know that he's capable of running the players you know, the one thing that I certainly I think I'm speaking for most of the Goodison crowd is that what I wanted to see from him is that when he receives the ball out wide which is where he normally has a starting position when he's in a situation where he's able to square a four back up one on one he realises the situation he's in and directly attacks that fullback, which, which it normally is. And I think, you know, he, he did that at spells tonight. He did it particularly well against John Stones against against Man City at the weekend. He, he realises his role within this team now. Certainly from that from that technical point of view in terms of, you know, just finding a man, you know, putting decent crosses in, scoring those goals, as you mentioned, against Brighton. All, all of those small elements of play are there. What I liked about him tonight is the more personable levels of his play in terms of not necessarily character, probably responsibility is probably the better word in that he realised that he, ironically, was probably one of the more senior players yeah. on the side in terms of the responsibility that we put on him to make things happen. When the ball did find his feet, uh, whether it was you know in, in run-of-the-mill play in the first half or, or when it was getting a little bit angsty in the second half, he still picked up on the ball, still did the things that we expect of him in terms of being very direct and running a goal, getting his shots off. You know, some of them weren't great tonight, but you, you see that he is that player who he, he knows that he's an integral part of this team already. Uh, and you're right, he is waiting for that, that major crux and that that big moment that really cements himself in that he wants to jump in, in the crowd yeah. <laughs> he, he wants to score and jump in the garden street yeah. he, he's, he's not had that yet he's unfortunately probably having a breakthrough in the worst possible time isn't he because if, if he is playing alongside that and inform Richarlison on one side and inform Cavalloon through the middle and he's making up that front three 
then then maybe it all feels a little bit more right. But it, it does feel as though he's kind of just fallen into this by maybe saying he's fallen into it by chance is a bit harsh, but. It, it, it just needed it, it needed that sort of rawness and that directness from a wide player and he has certainly provided that but it, it, it's disappointing on the other hand that we are having to look at a player like that in terms of you know a homegrown lad who's got a handful of first team experience to, to come and again I hesitate to use the word rescue us but it, it did feel as though anything positive that came from the game tonight was going to come through him and as, as much as it's nice for him from a personal point of view it it does feel as though people like you know the, the one I'm thinking about tonight is Andros Townsend who has, has kind of been isolated for, for numerous reasons in, in recent weeks Maybe again ever since he did that Ronaldo celebration at Old Trafford it's just drained him of all the superpowers yeah. but if you look at our squad now you do look at Gordon and you look at Richarlison and you look at Dominic Cavalloon through the middle and Damari Gray coming back through injury you do look at Andros Townsend played at the weekend Al Gar got ahead of him at the weekend and regardless of what you think about those players the, the manager who we we all currently praise to the highest level is seeing those players and thinking well they, they've got a little bit more to offer um, and when Andres Townsend is given that chance you know he, he's more experienced than any of us in this game he knows that when he does get square on with his fullback or when he does cut inside on his left foot his his quality of ball and the quality of his play needs to be right up there in order to justify his inclusion in the next league game and I just didn't think it was it was really there for him tonight and you know as I say the, the one major disappointment is that we did have to lean on Anthony Gordon a little bit and we did have to bring people like Richarlison on but I suppose the joy of, of building a squad like this and the joy of going out and, and, and you know blooding someone like Anthony Gordon and bringing someone like Damari Graham for, for a basement fee is that when it does get to nights like this we are we are able to make changes and we are able to shuffle the pack a little bit and yeah, again it, it's just from, certainly from an attacking point of view more than anything it, it's hard to really pinpoint anyone who's been particularly positive tonight or anyone who you look at going into the weekend's game thinking well you haven't really stamped your authority on this it, it, it feels as though this this really will exist in isolation this game yeah, and then finally as well great to have two parkenders on the pod because I want a full blown analysis of what happened with the Boreham Wood fans at the end because based on what you two are telling me it was, it was fucking amazing apparently they were all having a big massive scrap I mean John what, what, what was going on there? there's a lot of haymakers <laughs> <laughs> apparently if you pour ale into football fans for 8 hours before a game is that how long their journey was up was it? Uh, I don't know where are they so. sort of like North Londonish are they so yeah it's, it's a four or five hour journey but um, you know, from them from a club point of view and you know, a lot was made pre-game wasn't it about you know paying for travel up here paying for their kits uh, do you feel like that all sorts of contributed to the big size of the feel about the game like because yeah. there were times where like you know players were, their players were getting subbed and they were getting clapped off and you know there's a lot of niceness and you know it's their cup final wasn't it yeah it, it, ultimately. It, it felt like ultimately like a bit of a chat there were even times in the second half where their lads cleaned out some of our players yeah. and they didn't get booked it was like it's not a charity game this you know it's an epic yeah, yeah. fifth round match it, it yeah. felt like it got a bit got a little bit too soppy from everybody really 
very very sort of testimonial feel, wasn't it? In terms of in terms of how it rounded off. Do you think that Kane Smith did have a penalty at the end and slotted in? It would have been you know a full on, on <laughs> biggest applause of the night. That like going off, but yeah, it's and when um, he did his little three sixty spin round that one as well. And, and, and another Everton <laughs> player you didn't really want to see their time. But, yeah, it's um, you know th- these games always carry that level of sentimental baggage, don't they? But yeah, you know what? I, I, I fall short of being angry at Everton for being that sort of empathetic entity in these situations because we all, we all know the the massive golfing class, not only from a footballing point of view, but from a, a financial point of view between the National League and the Premier League. But it it did it did give that element of, of charity almost to the game, didn't it? And yeah, it, it I was just saying that it it just contributed to a, a night of meh. Basically, just just not no one really actually caring about the game or how good Boreham would look in their in their lovely fantasy kit. Um, well, the biggest moment of the night was the draw before the game, wasn't it? Yeah, really? it was. Right, <laughs> it was <laughs> that's all what we were all anticipating, wasn't yeah. it? More than anything, you know, and that's mm. that's just sort of where we, we were. And, I mean, we've we've been in this situation before, haven't we? Where Everton are on the, it, it always seems as though we get to this point in the in the competition where it's sort of fifth round slash quarter final, and we kind of get the feeling, you know, Reading at home, Wigan at home, we get that feeling where we're we're on the cusp of actually being relevant in this tournament, and it always seems to be that you get to the semi final stage and the other three teams looking at you are. A mix of Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, City, and United, uh, and you know what? Those three teams, we all know who they are, are probably going to make it to the semi-final. One of Everton or Palace will will be there, and and quite frankly, anything can happen at Wembley, and, and we know that better than anyone. But it's um, the, the thing that's holding me back now in t- in terms of you know full-on Crystal Palace slash Wembley excitement is that. The, the elephant in the room is that we've we've got this enormous Premier League bed and handed over us. Yeah. And you know, it's it's important. We, we always say as Evertonians, you know, we we consistently focus on on the negative. You know the the rhetoric of failure that we've had for the last 25 years and how that looms over us as a football club and how we fail to look at moments of potential joy in isolation. Maybe this is the year where we do just have to kind of hold our hands up and say, well, we'll kind of trudge to safety in the league. But when it does come to these moments, we, we need to realise the importance of this competition. Um, and, and on nights like tonight, we, we, we potentially haven't done that collectively because we're all thinking, well, what was the point in that? Well, we're, all, we're already booking our trains to yeah, Paris and stuff like that, you know, and, and everything. So, yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, cheers to Mark, cheers to John for a, a wonderful debut. Everton are in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Uh, we will park that for a little bit while we focus on Premier League survival. Tottenham on Monday, followed by two huge home games, and then we go to South London to potentially try and book our place under that arch. Uh, cheers for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed that, and we'll speak to you again very soon here on the Blue Room. Progressive knows that most people don't get to experience making a game-winning touchdown or a walk-off home run, so we're going to talk to you like you did something great so you can bask in the glory. Oh, man, I was there. That time that you bundled your home, auto, motorcycle, and other vehicles with Progressive? That was awesome. People were freaking out. I bet you get this all the time, but can I get an autograph? If you can't bask in sports glory, at least you can bask in the glory of saving money when you bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive. 
Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.